ABM is just like fishing with a spear in a world, in an environment where everybody is fishing with a net. So you just focus on the right fish, on the right mm -hmm. account you want to acquire. And that's why your communication is a, a lot more personalized and also more tailored to the company you want to acquire. Project A Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Project A Podcast. I'm Bob Hart, Senior Communications Manager at Project A, and today I'm talking to Martin Bach and Gianluca Lupo. Hello. Hey. Hi. Uh, would you probably, before we start to dive deep into the topic ABM today, account-based marketing, would you probably uh, introduce yourself, Martin? Hey, I'm uh, Martin Bach. I'm Senior Marketing Manager here at Project A. I joined Project A around two years ago, and I'm mainly uh, responsible for more generalistic topics. So actually building up performance marketing and the marketing infrastructure at our ventures, especially now B2B ventures um, from scratch. Hi, I'm Gianluca. Performance Marketing Manager here at Project A. I joined one year and a half ago, and I'm focusing on the acquisition part. Channels like Facebook, LinkedIn, Google. My goal is the one of um, uh, trying out the best out of uh, all the performing channels we have outside in the B2B environment. LinkedIn, ABM, of course, it's one of them. Now you started to talk about it, ABM. Um, maybe you can briefly explain what it is and why you should use it. Yeah, let's start maybe uh, with the why. Yeah, so um, normally, uh, also back in the in the past of, of Project A, we were mostly um, invested into B two C companies, historically grown, uh, especially e commerce space. Yeah, we had uh, successful exits like Contrarion, and we yeah built a lot of expertise in in that field. And um, Nowadays, we invest more and more into B2B ventures, yeah? Not only ad tech, like in the beginning years of Project A, but also in technologies like Dixer, what is a customer service platform, or, or Sender, a logistics platform. Mm -hmm. And there's um, the, the need for also other approaches than the regular marketing approaches. One example is if you try to generate leads for, for your business, that you normally, for example, start with retargeting. Yeah, so you start in the display space with uh, something that is really close to the conversion. You brought already maybe customers with uh, search engine advertising traffic to your site, and you start to retarget them like single visitors, like individual persons. Mm -hmm. In the next step, maybe you build lookalike audiences of these people or of your existing customers more um, to um, go a step further and to open your funnel even more. So people that are close to people that already bought your product, but that haven't visited your site, for example. And then you even maybe go further and open the funnel to people that could apply um, to targeting criteria you're defining, maybe mm -hmm. based on persona or other approaches. And you go really broad and you try to generate, for example, leads with white papers. So this is how you maybe normally would, would build it up and how you also can do it in, in, in B2B. But besides that, there is also the problem of scatter loss. Yeah, The latest when you go really up in the funnel and you have targeting criteria like 
works in customer service space and is between 18 and 65, for example, you lose a lot of, um, uh, of granularity, of targeting granularity. And this is like the first point actually, why you need ABM, um, because you come from the point that you maybe know already who, uh, so which company actually could use your solution. Mm -hmm. And you target especially these, tar uh, these target accounts so that you don't have this big scatter loss of many accounts that maybe have these people in their rows that you uh, would target with a broad approach, but companies that don't have actually the need because they're maybe three steps away from your solution and it's much easier to sell it to um, a company that maybe uses already something similar and just wants to upgrade to mm -hmm. a better solution. And as I, if I get it uh, right, you can also like not only target a, an account like a company, but also the people with uh, specific positions in the company, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, it depends on your use case who you want to target, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the, the foundation, but I think we will talk about that maybe later a bit more, um, is actually our accounts. And um, why you also use ABM is actually... Um, the, the, for example, the use case you are providing, right? So you have this list of targeted accounts based on also your product market fit. So if you know you solve only the issues for growth companies, but not for corporates, uh, it's the key that you also define that in your, in your lead research and then have um, these accounts in. Later you go then into the stage, okay, who are the decision takers? But I think we can elaborate that a bit more when we talk about what is actually ABM. Yes. And um, another, maybe as a third point, wh why you should do ABM before we talk actually about it, is that also sales and marketing need to be aligned. Yeah. And normally, especially in B2B software as a service companies, you start to scale your business with sales, right? You get intros from investors, you maybe start to generate referrals and generate maybe also the first leads with paid, yeah, with SEA. Um, but like your whole organization it's, is sales oriented and the sales teams are account oriented. And there's no reason actually for, for marketing to have a different approach, right? we as marketeers should enable sales to scale their model even further to warm up these people and all these accounts and not only single persons in the target accounts but also several persons then in the buyer network. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe Gianluca you can uh, tell us a bit more about uh, what actually is ABM, account-based marketing. What is it? Definitely. Taking into consideration what my colleague Martin said that our portfolio is moving into a B2B direction and B2B strategies are what we are in need for. And also that need for B2B companies to collaborate with uh, inside the marketing and sales department that have this, this need to collaborate. ABM is one of the solution, one strategy that actually involves the collaboration of two teams, sales and marketing, and it aims to reach accounts, convert accounts and then nurture those accounts. When we talk about accounts, we talk about companies, but as you said, Bob, we talk also about individuals inside those companies. We know that B2B decisions are, take very long time and also are, uh, you need to convert not only one user, one decision maker, but sometimes 
different stakeholders coming from different departments. This is called the B2B buying committee. And that's why you focus on a company, but also inside, uh, you focus on different profiles inside that company. To use a metaphor to better describe ABM, uh, I will use the one that uh, John Miller, the founder of uh, Marquito, used. And he said that ABM is just like fishing with a spear in a world, in an environment where everybody is fishing with a net. So you just focus on the right fish, on the right mm -hmm. account you want to acquire. And that's why your communication is uh, uh, a lot more personalized and also uh, more tailored to the company you want to acquire. And um, to do that, of course, you can have different approaches. There are three approaches and they depend on the company and the accounts you want to target. And we talk about a strategic communication ABM. It's a one-to-one -one communication strategy where the messages, but the whole strategy is very tailored to one company. Let's say that is the, your best company, the, the, the company that the sales team really wants to acquire. And you do everything to get to acquire that, to convert the users inside the company. Uh, it doesn't have to be B2B online marketing, but uh, you can uh, also try, for example, offline strategies like organizing an event just for that company. Then what we have tried up here Project A is a delight strategy, where you go there out for, for example, a group of companies, a group of companies that your sales department is eager to acquire because your problem is a natural fit, your product is a natural fit to their problems and it's a solution to their problem. So you really know that you could solve uh, these issues they have with your product. And uh, in this case, you have main values, main USPs that apply to this group of companies, let's say 200 of them. And you want to reach them all and prepare them, like have some digital touch points before sales goes in. And in the end, there is the programmatic approach where you go out for, for example, uh, a vertical, let's say automotive. In this case, you have a very big list of companies the message is not that tailored. The communication is one too many this time. Mm -hmm. and, but still, you know that those accounts are relevant for you because it's your sales team actually who's telling you to target them. And what is then the whole goal of the ABM? The whole goal is uh, to speed up the sales uh, cycle. And we know in B2B this can, very last, this can last also very long, like six months, one year. And the whole goal is uh, to shorten this time. That's why also the tracking is important at some point. My colleague Martin maybe will tell us more about uh, that. You need, for example, to um, analyze and differentiate the company that have been exposed to ABM from the company that have not. And uh, in this cycle, you start basically from the account, from the list that your sales team uh, prepare, and then you go horizontally, like uh, you uh, go uh, farther down, where you have, for example, uh, until you get uh, your first uh, account, uh, engaged account, marketing qualified leads, sales qualified leads, and your customers, but also ABM can tackle and can help with the customer retention with upselling strategies, for example. Mm -hmm. So uh, to sum this up so far, um, ABM means account-based marketing. So I can target very specifically um, bigger accounts and not single persons 
but also like the separation into the uh, single job descriptions, maybe the decision maker or so. And we have three different approaches, the strategic one, the light one, and the programmatic one. Exactly. And the strategic one uh, would be the one-on-one, like yes. I communicate to one account, to one company. Exactly. The light one is I communicate to few, one like to one few. to few. Um, so maybe a narrow selection of companies, of accounts, of people what, where your product could be of interest. And uh, last but not least, we have the programmatic one. It's the one to many, right? Exactly. Okay, cool. Um, so then as we have the definition of uh, what account-based marketing is and why we should use account-based marketing uh, in a B2B environment, maybe, Martin, you can tell us a bit more about uh, how does it look like when we start a campaign? What do we need? Uh, how do we start? I think, first of all, you need in the company like an understanding, right? So mm -hmm. you need to uh, make everybody aware that ABM, account-based marketing, is a, a long-term, mid to long-term approach mm -hmm. and that you won't see results from, uh, from tomorrow on. Yeah, so I think this is really important because otherwise you will have a lot of media spend maybe and um, there are not results coming in like in the B2C space very fast. So that's actually where uh, a marketeer, for example, that wants to uh, enable sales more has to start with. And the second, besides the management, is also um, the, the sales department, right? Because oftentimes these budgets for ABM The, la yeah, the latest when it's about like upselling, they will be somehow allocated in, to cost centers, maybe in sales to these accounts. So the salespeople are maybe in the first place a bit against that you will spend money on, on these advertising forms. So it's important to align with them to show them the advantages and maybe also start with a small pilot to make them actually aware and to show them which uplift it can have in open rates or in actually just making the, the process with the customer smoother because you also educate the customer along the funnel. Yeah? Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if you would now focus on, on the approach, we are currently doing a lot with our ventures. So actually the, the light approach, so actually your tier two accounts, so not the ones where you really want to personalize like tier one, but where you know specific pain points to, to their use cases and so on. You tier one uh, was, uh, was a strategic approach, right? Yeah, tier one is uh, where okay. you have the strategic approach where you even maybe make a, a single event only to win this one mm -hmm. account because one also one. if you are in enterprise sales, you maybe can afford that and it makes sense. Yeah, But um, in the approach we are doing right now, we also want to do it digital. So we go with the light approach mm -hmm. and the strategic approach, you're a bit limited to what you can do because of the really small audience. Yeah, if you have five accounts, you're doing something, it's, it's just a really small audience. But to come back, what you, what you need, if you go for this light approach and you want to start to use platforms like LinkedIn, but also uh, Sing in Germany, you need a lot of lead research. Yeah? So somebody in your company needs to think of, okay, what are actually accounts we want to target? And normally, if you ask your sales department, they will have some of these accounts, and that is good. But it's also the need to, especially if it's an early stage company, to go there and to have criteria. Yeah? How mm -hmm. can we actually determine if this company is important? 
So let's take an example of a software company yeah, where you actually want to see who are the customers of your competitors, right? Mm -hmm. So you maybe can take a look on Captera and G2 and see who used competitors and um, then yeah, define actually criterias that characterize these uh, companies, but also think from your product market fit, right? Only because your competitor can solve that issue, it's not that you also can solve it. This can be one criteria. Another criteria is to have this list then at some point, or also with where you got intros or where you know these are people in a vertical where we can solve it. Mm -hmm. And then doing the lead research with tools um, that can look up, like for example, similar tech, that can look up what are these sites using as technologies. If you are a software and you already see they have other softwares in this space in, in use, it's more likely that they will maybe upgrade to yours. So this lead research uh, um, phase needs to be in the beginning and you then need to, de uh, to decide which accounts you're targeting. And you then need also in a really practical approach, but I think we can also talk about that later a bit, that we need a clean list, for example, to upload to a platform like LinkedIn. Okay, so you need like the exactly name of the company on LinkedIn plus the, um, the website name mm -hmm. and the website URL. So this is really key. And then the third phase you need, for sure, you need to come up, what are the pain points of these companies? Mm -hmm. and create content around that, case studies, so to actually acquire leads if that is your goal. And, and the example um, we are having with companies like Sender in the logistics space, but maybe we can also talk about Micropsy, what has, they have like a really complicated AI product. Mm -hmm. um, there we are focusing right now on acquisition and not on upselling or retention. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to mention that uh, people that we target are not only the decision makers, but also the ambassadors. Like, uh, because this is more like a tool for, as you said, for creating awareness and not as much as like a, a specific lead generation tool. Um, from my understanding, it would make sense not only to target like the decision makers, the C-level people, but also the, uh, in case of microbsy, the production engineers probably. Exactly. So in the lead research phase, you and also when you think about what is my product market fit, right? Mm -hmm. And you have also maybe already a product market fit and you have already your first customers and your salespeople have experiences who was actually the decision taker. Mm -hmm. You should take that into account and then also target the whole buyer network and not only maybe the decision taker, but also the person that brings maybe that topic up. Yeah. Yeah. So... If we would talk about the customer service space, so where, for example, our company Dixer is in, where you have actually a customer service manager under the customer service manager or agent. Mm -hmm. They are not so re relevant, for example, in that case. But uh, above that, you have maybe people like the CTO, but you have also people like um, the chief um, sales um, officer that have interest in what cust how customer service is performing, which softwares they are using. Mm -hmm. And it's like a get together of all of them, plus maybe the CEO in, uh, in a growth startup that take a decision if they buy your software or not. And you just mentioned that it's hard to get a return on invest in that case, but do you have any chance to, to see, oh, I'm on the right path or is it, is it just like going blind and throwing everything out? Yeah, I think that's that's also like the the last point of like these are like three or four we now mentioned, but there are many more. Um, 
you, you need to have if, before you start with ABM, right? So you also need to think, how do I measure success? And mm -hmm. for sure, there is a qualitative part of that, yeah, like the feeling of your sales uh, managers that uh, the companies where you had ABM, that they were already much more educated maybe in the first call, yeah. and that they exactly knew that you can solve their problem mm -hmm. because you edu educated them before. But besides this quality feedback, it's important to have quantitative feedback. Yeah? And um, that you set up a reporting, for example, with 200 accounts, uh, in our example, where you actually measure what was uh, their performance within the sales funnel. So did we, first of all, receive any leads from that, uh, from that company, not only through this campaign, but in general, because you have maybe spillover effects, mm -hmm. and how in comparison to these 200 accounts, 200 other comparable accounts you didn't do ABM for, how did they evolve in the sales funnel? And um, it's really hard to get significant data on that, but you need to start with something, right? Mm -hmm. And if you um, start to compare that, you see maybe how the 200 targeted accounts uh, moving faster from one stage to the other or not. Another example is in, for example, our approach that we also take a look at the share of targeted accounts. Yeah, So we upload a list, for example, to a platform, and then we really take a look on how many of these companies did we actually reach with our campaign and how did they interact with our campaign. Mm -hmm. And um, another uh, tip for example, if you if you use a tool like like LinkedIn or like a platform like LinkedIn, that you also shouldn't only use the data you get, for example, in interfaces, right? It's also super super good to um, make usage of the API data. So in the LinkedIn case, for example, you can get with tools like Supermetrics or any other um, data downloader, um, you can get actually yeah data on single accounts how many interactions they had with your advertising. Mm -hmm. And you don't even see the just the 25 top accounts like you see it most of the time in interfaces. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you think through the whole reporting setup up front and then also measure, for example, impact on opening rates of, of your outreach emails uh, or you um, make other, other measurements that try to quantify the quality of feedback also sales gives you, right? So now, um, let's talk about costs. Do you have an average price for this with like our approach is the light approach, like the one to few accounts. Is there any average price estimation that you can, uh, that I can think of because it sounds very expensive and just for corporates, is it just yeah. for corporates or can you use it for startups? I think, no. Definitely. No. Yeah. I think that's like technology, what really ABM, why it's, it's becoming so relevant in the last years because technology with their targeting possibility allows us to reach those companies that are so relevant for us in a much simpler, faster and also cheaper way. So it's not anymore only about corporates as it used to be like 10 years ago, but nowadays also the startup in the first phase could do that. But it means that you need to take into consideration what my colleague Martin said, you need to be prepared to have some success like metrics to look at, also KPIs, goals, and also like the whole reporting system that let you in the end see the results of such a strategy. And maybe you can uh, give me an example of a case that we have done recently. 
Yeah, so in recent time, we had like several cases in, in our portfolio. Um, maybe one case is the um, company Sender. So Sender is in the logistics space. They're actually building a platform that connects shippers. So FMCG brands, people in the automotive space, like brands like BMW and, and all that. Um, they target these kind of accounts and they want to connect them with carriers in Europe. So actually, yeah, you know, the, the Spedition Müller, how it's called maybe in Germany, like uh, the really smaller companies that have three, five full truck load um, trucks and they connect them with their platform and they cut out the middleman. You know? So they save a lot of money for both parties. And um, there we did an awareness campaign and maybe Gianluca can explain a bit more how we, how we set it up in, in detail. Mm -hmm. uh, but actually we used a video created by, by the communications team mm -hmm. to create awareness with these accounts. So we have here as a case, the Airbnb of logistics in this case, Zender, and the goal there was to create a awareness about this product in, um, uh, and engage for the first time the companies and uh, the individuals inside those companies uh, who haven't heard before about uh, Zender. So after we set up this goal, uh, we started thinking about the KPI first to measure the success. So we know it's the first phase, it's the awareness phase. We won't probably get many leads. Uh, so first thing, the first important thing is we cannot promise uh, link, uh, leads to, to Zenda because we are going there for the first time presenting the product. Our goal then was the one of uh, presenting it and to use, uh, to do that, to achieve that goal, we use um, a video of one minute where we explain what actually Senda does. So we actually went out in a platform like LinkedIn uh, to uh, present the product for the very first time. And the goal was achieve as many as possible uh, half video views and uh, also to pay as less as possible for this uh, kind of goal. And we achieved that like with uh, presenting this, pro uh, this uh, product actually uh, to very important and in interesting uh, stakeholders at a very also cheap price. And, um, but when you set up such a campaign, you first you have to start from the basis. Uh, you need to have as a normal marketing campaign, a good landing page. You need to have a good conversion setting uh, system and tracking system that is in place and is tracking all the events. Then you, as I said, you need to think about the KPI. In LinkedIn, what becomes important to do this kind of effort is also uh, having uh, uploading the list of companies, as my colleague uh, Martin said before. And uh, the list of companies is uploaded via CSV file, and it's important that the quality of this list is very good. The list is clean. It means that the, the company names actually need to match the one on LinkedIn. After uh, that the list is uploaded, it will get processed and you will have like a quality rate, like uh, if it's uh, above 90%, you achieved in having like actually a clean um, list in uh, LinkedIn. This is the basis of our campaign. We are talking about those accounts that actually we wanted to reach in the first place. But uh, in those accounts, we have all the employees uh, working for them. So companies like Siemens that have more than 10,000 employees actually uh, are in this list and we still need to, go, uh, to narrow down our audience. 
Uh, if we talk about our uh, case for Zenda, in this case we use LinkedIn as platform, uh, we did that using member skills and job titles uh, until we got to an audience of uh, 7,000, 10,000 users of uh, really interesting stakeholders for us. So job titles which were relevant for us, and uh, like for example, head of logistic or skills like logistic management. Uh, after you create uh, the, the audience, it's actually very narrow, it's a very small, uh, but it's a very important and relevant uh, um, audience for you. Uh, you're gonna pay a lot for every click, but what we wanted to do is actually optimize for these video views. Uh, to a little bit trick the system of LinkedIn, we use this strategy of having like a, a campaign which goal was the one of sending people to the website, but the creative of this campaign was actually a video. So we were paying for each click, but actually our goal was like letting people see the video. What we did to achieve that, we use a very hard call to action, so a very hard CTA, uh, like register. And what we achieved, by, thanks to these tricks, is a lot of people watching the video and not clicking the ads because uh, they didn't want to register in the first place. <laughs> so uh, you're trying to not, you're trying to avoid people clicking on yes, the exactly, call because, because our goal was like presenting the product for the first time, and this resulted in some days having some our ads showed to the public to these stakeholders without paying paying a single euro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and let's hope that our LinkedIn account managers are not listening right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's um, how we set up this campaign. And we already did that, uh, I think, one year ago. Not the two of us, but like our team mm -hmm. um, for um, Atsobo, another venture. So um, we applied these learnings. So we're tricking LinkedIn for one year now. No, no, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Um, they're always happy for our inputs we, we give them, uh, the LinkedIn account manager. What the algorithm does is actually let you pay a lot more for every click, mm -hmm. like. but in the end, uh, this also, uh, if we measure our goal, our KPI, which was cost per half video views, uh, we are getting like a very good price. So uh, like on average, one euro 30, one euro 40 for a half a video view. Yeah, for all pro on average in all the projects. Also for Micropsy yeah. and Zenda. So it means you're presenting your product and you're letting people see what your pro product can achieve for only one euro 40. Yeah. So it's for, crazy. For you are very relevant for, half video. For, for half you. Like you imagine like you, like in this case of, of Sender, we had the, the founder talking about the product, about pain points. So that was like a big process uh, before where our, um, our colleague Lana, she de developed the whole pain point concept for these accounts of, mm -hmm. of, of uh, the targeted accounts of Sender. And then we had um, the founder of, uh, one of the founders of Sender talking to the people on, on LinkedIn about these pain points and how they solve it. And you have to imagine we put like for one euro 50 on average of these campaigns, we um, put 30 seconds in front of potential decision um, maker. Um, and these and were highly relevant targets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can see in the demographics um, uh, analytics of, of LinkedIn, um, you can see which titles have seen mm -hmm. your, your ads. And mm -hmm. I think one of the, the best... Um, and the best uh, performing titles were also the, the titles we would consider as very relevant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you have any results out of this campaign? Anything that I can, that makes it more tangible? Yeah, if you see that, uh, for example, in an in a audience that is maybe around 9,000 people big, um, we achieved after even a half a month, uh, no, after one month, we achieved mm -hmm. already that 
you have like f around 4,000 half views, right? Okay. So you can, sure, it could be that some people have seen it several times, but you have like a really good coverage and from like the accounts we normally um, achieve to target, we are uh, in these cases around like 90 to 95% of the targeted accounts we also reach. So where we have at least um, some impressions mm -hmm. from, from these accounts. And um, we also test oftentimes different approaches, right? So um, for sure, we already have a lot of uh, knowledge and learnings out of um, the last year especially, but we also openly communicate with the ventures that we test, for example, different targetings against each other mm. and then, then combine it. You know? In some cases, we, for example, have then uh, one campaign that is based on member skills. So if you now put in your LinkedIn profile, uh, Bob and I'm very good in logistics. Yeah. Mm. So it's a member skill and your seniority is you would be already on C level or a, get a head of logistics. Um, or a hat level, we would target you with seniority and member skills. Mm -hmm. And then we had another campaign where we already put in all the job titles that could be relevant. Mm -hmm. And yeah, this has really, is something really specific with LinkedIn um, because with job titles, you maybe miss a lot of people that have, for example, uh, Germany in, in the title, right? Mm -hmm. And LinkedIn to some extent matches these still like a head of logistics Germany to the title head of logistics but it's not the, the case in, uh, for every title. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So um, there are really things in detail um, where you have to pay attention to to make these campaigns on LinkedIn also a success. Mm, and I think you have to figure that out from, from case yeah, to case. Yeah, exactly. So we also uh, did mistakes uh, sure. and uh, we, uh, we always have the advantage that we can give learnings from ventures to ventures, that we also make ventures to exchange um, the, these learnings. Mm. And um, we just can like, also be really transparent through the ventures is okay there are like now two ways how we can do it we should test it against each other and as fast as possible allocate budget to the one that is um, performing the best yeah. and i think this is important uh, to keep in mind when you start an abm campaign or in general a marketing campaign failure leads to learnings and always increases your success yeah it sounds really cliche <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I, uh, I think every startup uh, has this as some value but uh, it's uh, for sure true mm -hmm. and we just try to minimize like these failures by just having this knowledge uh, knowledge exchange between us and the ventures but also between the ventures and um, linkedin is now one way how we do it yeah so uh, for germany we um, just had like recent developments on, on Sing side so that you actually also can now in a self-service uh, um, interface mm -hmm. and ad manager, how you know it already for years from, uh, from Facebook and uh, now also from, from LinkedIn or other platforms where you can actually also target companies. And for some segments, maybe you reach more relevant decision takers on Sing than on LinkedIn, but if you also compare like engagement on the two platforms, I think for us as LinkedIn and Sing users, it's obvious that there's much more engagement on, on LinkedIn because of the, yeah. the, news, the news feed functionality on LinkedIn and so on. Mm. Um, but still, uh, it's worth a try. We, we didn't do it yet in account-based marketing style on, on Sing, but we are, uh, I think, preparing also one or two, two pilots to actually test now what we did on LinkedIn also um, yeah, on, on that platform. Mm -hmm. You have to try, otherwise you cannot fail or succeed. <laughs> uh, talking about the content, um, you told a lot about videos. I mean, we have a big communications team inside a Project A, so we are able to 
uh, realize video campaigns, but what if you don't have the budget for big video campaigns or video teams? Can you do it just with picture or memes or? Uh, definitely. Uh, one thing first is like knowing the logic as, for example, as tool, from tools like uh, LinkedIn or Facebook. When you have such a small audience, what you need is also a lot of material to avoid creative fatigue because the algorithm of those platforms stop showing your ads to the same people if you don't change the creative. So it means the video or the image. You need to have like to plan it in advance and have content for this strategy. So if we are talking like about the awareness um, part of the ABM and the engagement part for uh, that it lasts like from two, three months, you also need to plan content that needs to rotate for this, those three months. Okay, video, it's important to have video if you want to set up a campaign as we did for a microprocy or Zenda, but you could also use potentially uh, images or you uh, make videos out of images or recycle what you have used in other platforms. Of course, the message needs to be relevant to the group of accounts that you had uh, in uh, your like, list. And also uh, you need to um, uh, highlight and stress what are your like uh, main values, the main values of your product. And if you are in the awareness phase, you should, of course, show your product first. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is important, but other than that, you can achieve that with uh, images or carousel or also a much shorter video. But then, of course, you need to adapt the whole strategy of the campaign, because in this case, we were optimizing for video views. And for us, a user that has already seen half of a video is a qualified user, a user that had already an uh, important touch point. And this should be relevant when sales comes into play. Mm -hmm. Cool. I think um, we're running out of time a bit and I think we have to come to an end. Um, I really love to break this whole thing down to a couple of takeaways, key takeaways. Can you give us five key takeaways out of this podcast? I think, first of all, account-based marketing is a really big buzzword. So I think it's always important to um, talk about the whole picture, so that there are different approaches within account-based marketing, different approaches for the different stages also of your of your uh, potential customers or already um, existing leads or existing customers, and that you, when you start with it, should focus maybe like we did it on at least a specific pilot, right? So that you're doing a pilot for maybe not like us for the, the tier two accounts, uh, but for maybe the tier one account. So like really the, the 10 accounts you want to win now in the next um, month. I think this is really um, one key takeaway, really focus on one part of ABM and uh, don't get confused by all the buzzwords and all the different definitions that are out there and different approaches. From my side, I would say patience. It's like uh, something we don't consider, but we are always in the B2B environment and the cycle is very long. If this is gonna work and this is gonna make the difference, it's gonna make it in a long time. Like, uh, let's say six months, one year. After that, we're gonna able to say, be able to say if actually the strategy has such an impact as we think we will have. And uh, besides that, uh, also be prepared to 
have in each phase of the ABM strategy clear goal and KPIs to keep track. And uh, that can actually gives you a hint or gives you an idea if you are doing the right thing or not. Yeah. Third um, takeaway is, for example, think about how do you measure actually your company's marketing approach up front. Yeah? We, we now gave you some, some insights how we measured our, um, our approach. But it's really at least compare it, for example, with accounts. You don't have account-based marketing if it's um, a statistical valid um, group to compare. Four takeaways, there must be real collaboration with sales. In the creation in the, of the list of accounts that you want to target, and also in the communication that daily you need to have with uh, sales department, uh, talking to them and also showing to them which accounts are engaging the most with your ads and which are accounts are visiting the most your website so that they know uh, which are the priority and the account that could be potentially more interested in your product. And I think as kind of a combination of several of these points, like a fifth takeaway is before you come up with your account-based marketing approach and how you measure it, actually define What are your objectives, right? And be clear about it. Is it awareness? Is it lead generation? What is the objective? And then also out of that, your reporting result and also the alignment with sales um, is needed because they also need to uh, really be in for this goal as well. Mm -hmm. Great. That sounds like a really nice way to communicate uh, in a B2B space. Um, and to do a very narrow and dedicated targeting. Uh, I love it. I really love it. Thank you guys for your time and thank you so much for, your, uh, for sharing your knowledge, your learnings. Um, was really interesting. And um, to our listeners, just feel free to get in touch with us and discuss about this topic. Uh, we love to, uh, to, to talk about it. And um, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thank you guys for uh, your time. Thanks for having us. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you did, how about you subscribe on Spotify and or iTunes and give us a rating.